respect had to sweat just to cast checks. I just have to figure out a way to box up three sheets of Marley and send them out to you guys. It's going to be good. Because, yeah. All right. Is it time? Do you think it's time? Show shoot. Episode four. Yeah, that's where we're at. All right. Okay. Uh, the good news is we've been rolling for like 45 seconds to a minute. <laughs> oh, we're on air. Good. It's, it's my favorite trick to do every time, yeah. You get the candid conversations. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of uh, the Mistakes Were Made podcast. As always, I am Rudy Schubach. I'm Alan Devlin. And with us today... Uh, cheated Fates Joe, Joe Gerard. Cheated Fates Joe. Joe was my it's henchman very, when I was growing up. Uh, and by that I mean... It's very uh, informal here. We it don't is. use our full names. We use, <laughs> we, I would like to be known as uh, Master Rudy Schubach, because I do have a, a terminal degree. Um. <laughs> uh, Joe, you, you are the cheated, you are one half of Cheated Fates. And also, yes. you are a henchman in the Detroit area. And also, you just had a great big uh, holiday extravaganza on your podcast. Is that correct? Yes, yes, we did. Um, also, affectionately known as the Drunkisode. The Drunkisode. I love it. <laughs> I poked my yeah. head in at one point in time. Someone was going to the bathroom. I don't know. I, I don't know if they were going to the bathroom, but they were in the bathroom. Uh, uh, they weren't in. The, they were to for, to clarify. He was <laughs> in his pantry getting more liquor. Oh, oh all okay. right. It looks that's probably like, better. Yeah. Okay, that's way better. That's a way better answer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to listen to the drunk episode. Oh, uh, it is, it is great. About it. Um, I got it about. Is, it is posted. You can watch live. You can enjoy the debauchery that way, <laughs> or you could just listen to the uh, the audio feed, which has forty five minutes of coherency ahead of time, as we go over our contest. And then we kind of jumped into the drunk episode about an hour in because there were some technical difficulties on the first part of it because Adam realized his new Mac didn't have a headphone port because it's not standard. So oh, he no. switched over to a, his iPad. Oh, my right. gosh. The we, were getting, we were getting, like, super echo, and there's, like, 15 minutes of you can hear the show in chorus. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, so what we usually do, uh, we're, uh, I got some feedback from my friend Dan, who's also a big podcaster, and he says, just like his other podcast that I'm on, that we, we, it, we could benefit from some more structure. And so this week I wrote an outline. Uh, the outline currently reads um, Ramble In, which we've done. <laughs> Success. Check. Check it off the list. Uh, introduce Joe, talk about holiday extravaganza, which we've also done. Number two. Uh, it's going to be a really short episode. It is, yeah. Well, no, because the, the meat of our episode is always <laughs> what happens in uh, point number three, which is talk about our games for the week. Um, I've only got two games, and I think I want to save them for point four. And Alan got, like, three games in because he was on fire and had a little bit of time, I guess. Um but then we're going to talk to Joe about what I like to call the Lady Justice conundrum. Or, yeah, I guess, no, that, that works. I like that. Uh, where I like you pitch this question to the um, uh, Malifaux fools. Yep. 
out in England, uh, and that was that Lady Justice is both the most straightforward and most complex master. And while they said that she is more complex than most give her credit for, they sort of dismissed the, the, the question as, a, well, no, she's, she can't be as complicated as Lucius. Um, so I want to kind of open that question up for more debate and more, and more discussion, because I have seen you play your Lady Justice, and I have played a little Lady Justice myself now, and I want to know, A, what I'm doing wrong, uh, and B, what I could be doing better, and see why you, if you think that she is the most complex, and, and why. Because I think that was a loaded question, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alan, why don't you tell us about your first game? All right, so in order of when I played them... The first one was Mizaki versus Lilith. I played uh, Flatlands versus Kyle from Monroe. Uh, he was playing Lilith. I was playing Mizaki. This is game one with Mizaki for me. I had never played her before after trading Rudy something for her a it year and a half. It was a nightmare teddy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I got her on the table, and it was a lot of fun. I made some notes about this in a notebook, which I don't currently have with me, so that was <laughs> well thought out. But uh, I remember distinctly taking... I, I don't. I'm going to have to get the notebook. Uh, but really, the, the meat of the game was... My list was really silly because I like bringing all the factions when I do Ten Thunders. Because why wouldn't uh, you? Yeah, so I was playing Mizaki with Toshiro with summoning Shiaki, uh, not Shiaki, Mizaki with Shiaki and Toshiro and Tannin and Graves. And, uh, yeah, it went pretty good for me, mainly because Mizaki went insane and Kyle couldn't keep cards in his hand. Mm. Uh, part of that was Tannin just being like, hey... If you want to cheat, you have to discard, and him being really willing to do that. He's really good. Tannen's just yeah. really, really solid at making people lose cards. And like I've heard that in Neverborn, Tannen with Mimic's Blessing is just a, uh, an awful situation, unless you have a gun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I uh, so on turn two, actually, I, oh, I remember now, I had taken Murder Protege, which against uh, Nikima which I thought might have been challenging, but then I ended up being able to drain his hand, and Mizaki had... I had two high crows in my hand on turn two, and I was like, now's the time. And then I, you know, murdered her with Assassinate, so that was great. So he didn't even get to take damage or try and heal or do anything like that? It was just straight-up murder? No, nope. yeah. Yeah, I just... She had most of her wounds left. I had done a few little damages to her just to soften her up a little bit, but then I realized I didn't need to. More just to get cards out of his hand than anything, and soul stones. That's really and gross. Then, uh, I love that. I love that synergy between um, Misaki and Mr. Tannen. Yeah, that was my big learn from the game. Was just I didn't realize it when I was going, and I just brought Tannen and Graves because they're models I don't play enough and wanted to try out. And then it was like, oh, this is really awesome. Plus having him be manipulative and Shiaki being manipulative and. There was a lot of duels that he was going to have to do to do stuff. He was running a grow list with Lilith. Uh, he started with five tots. I think he had the Black Blood Shaman. That was very optimistic. And, yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, Tashiro killed a tot on turn one. Then Lilith and Nakima teamed up on him and killed him back. So 
didn't work out great for him, but it also drew him up enough so I could get that turn two murder protege. Um, he ended up growing. He made one mature, and he made like three young. So it was actually not bad, huh. just over the course of the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, Mizaki just sort of murdered face. I remember the other scheme was uh, we were playing uh, turf war. No, we were playing the new turf war, the uh, extraction slash tug of war. So we tried that one out, which was great fun. Oh, I want to try those new gaming grounds so bad. I haven't had a chance to yet. He I won did one. I did one of. I did one head. No. Well, we're gonna talk about that. Collect later. the bounty. No, I don't think I. I don't think I wrote that one down, man. Oh, that was before we started podcasting. Anyway, yeah, we did that, and he won every single time. But because of his positioning and my positioning, I still managed to squeeze out two points or three points for it. Mizaki murdered Nakima on turn two, then he murdered most of my crew <laughs> with Lilith and Tots and Black Blood Shaman and stuff. And I ended up, on turn four, I managed to get another assassinate off that time killing Lilith. But then Mizaki was killed by mature Nephilim or young Nephilim or something. And then ended up winning the game, I think it was eight to five. He couldn't get uh, full points for Spring the Trap because I had mm. the. On Wings of Wind? No, I had Mizaki with... Er, Spring the Trap is the one with Master, right? Yeah. Yep, Spring the Trap is Master. Yeah, that's the one we were doing, yeah. So I had Wings of Wind with Mizaki, so she was just like, I'm going to push away before you get to reveal that and stuff. She just had all the pushes. It was really good. Uh, yeah, I think my main mistake with that was actually... Uh, pushing Tashiro up for sure. Like, I just got excited because I'm like, Graves can push Tashiro really far, and so yeah. can Mizaki. And I'm like, he's going to go murder Teratots. <laughs> and way overextended him, and then he got beat down. But it ended up working out, so I can't complain too much. And I guess Kyle was saying it's about his fifth game he's played this year <laughs> since Adepticon or something, because he played at Adepticon a bit. But yeah, I remember him been playing, playing a bunch of Adepticon, yeah. Yeah, but since then he hasn't really played a lot, so he was happy to play, and he seemed to enjoy it. So Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first game, and we'll go ahead and talk about it now, and then we can sort of open the discussion up for the Lady Justice questions later. But my first game was against... Uh, it was a 35-stone game, Lady Justice versus Rezor McMorning. We did Squatter's Rights with Assassinate, Bodyguard, Entourage, Outflank, and Light in the Sand. Um, it was supposed to be against a relatively new player, so I picked a relatively soft list. I brought Lady Justice and Francisco, a Pistolero de Latigo, a Watcher, and a pair of Death Marshals. A little bit of synergy, but not a ton. I wasn't going for anything like super brutal, like my second game, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Um, the, the crew that was picked for this other player was McMorning with, on the clock, the one that lets you bring, the ones that lets you summon... Flesh Constructs, and the one that lets you hire lawyers when you're in the Rezor faction. I think that's on the clock in Moonlighting. Yeah. No, it's... No. Sounds like... Sounds right. Well, well, I don't know. One of those is one of those, and one of them is... I've got my book out, so I'll look it up. You keep talking. Okay. Uh, then he brought Sebastian with Man's Best Friend, a lawyer, a Flesh Construct, a nurse, and a canine remains. Now, uh, like I said, it was supposed to be against... Someone who was relatively new, but then uh, the, her her boyfriend slash mentor was uh, very very helpful. 
uh, kind of coaching her through uh, a majority of the decisions. So it ended up being a much tougher game than I expected it to. I took I took Assassinate on McMorning and Bodyguard on Francisco. And Bodyguard on Francisco was probably my problem. But I didn't want to try for Entourage because I didn't think I was going to be able to get Lady J out of combat eventually. And I didn't want to go for Outflank because it was such a small Soulstone game that I didn't think I was going to be able to get it. I probably could have gone with Line in the Sand and made my uh, Death Marshals place ski markers instead, but I didn't. And uh, he died, so I didn't get close for that. McMorning, I think he, I think she took Entourage on Sebastian and Line in the Sand, unannounced. Uh, but. They were using using canine remains, summoned canine remains. He basically got most of that done pretty well, pretty easily. Uh, I was able to take all of the squatters rights markers really quickly and hold them really well. So I probably would have capped him out. I probably would have capped out on strategy, and he wouldn't have gotten quite all of that. But I wasn't going to be able to get bodyguard, and I don't think I was going to be able to get assassinate just because I... No, I think I could have gotten assassinate. He was like, well, I was going to heal five points. I'm like, you don't think Lady Justice is going to be able to drop five points of damage on you in one turn? Uh, I was able to get Sebastian and McMorning both to one wound in one turn with Frank and Lady Justice. But then they both, like, finished off the threats around them and started healing and stuff, so it's, like, really frustrating because it was just so close to killing both of them. Um... I kept him from being able to do the strategy. I, he devoted some serious resources. We ended up calling it in turn four because I had a phone call I had to take. But it was it was a really close match, uh, and it was really proving very difficult. One of the big things was I let... I used a lot of cards to try and kill both McMorning and Sebastian, and then a lawyer came around and gave Frank uh, fees, which says every time he deals damage, he takes damage. And that and poison near Sebastian is what ended up killing him. So that was kind of sad. But I was hoping to get Restore Natural Order off, but I didn't have a high enough a RAM to do it. So anyway, that was my first game. All right. <laughs> you want me to talk about my second game now? That... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Unless, Joe, right. do you, do you, did you get a game in, Joe? Uh, I did. I actually got two in yesterday. Oh, nice. Oh, I should have went up. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was good times. I was doing uh, Christmas shopping, though. I couldn't uh, get out of it. Understandable. I get I get to do Christmas <laughs> shopping while I was there. It was good. Oh. Nice. Yeah, very Flatlands Christmas me? for okay. Joe. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No, I had a game against uh, Josh, one of our locals up there. He came up. Um, I took uh, Pandora. And he took, uh, it was Terra. We had Turf War with flank deployment, because we used the Breach app to determine what we were doing. And we had Bodyguard, Protect Territory, Line in the Sand, because you always have Line in the Sand. Uh, we had Frame for Murder and Murder Protege. Huh. I love it when those two are played against each other. It came into came into huge effect in the game. He played a very elite uh, terror crew given the strategy, uh, including a killjoy, and mm. I played a very activation intensive Pandora. 
I had a, a Pandora, a Primordial Magic, two Illuminated, two Waldergeist, <laughs> two Young Nephilim. So it's not like you're playing things that were going to die easily. You just played a lot of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just figured, you know, uh, multiple levels, highest, highest stone model being just seven. Um, and I ended up taking uh, Murder Protégé on Killjoy because I figured that was going to be his frame for murder, which it was. And then I had frame for murder on one of my young Nephilim. Uh, ended up winning the game um, only by one though. Uh, mm-hmm. I ended up ta- I ended up tabling him, but uh, he denied me my frame for murder. I only got two on my murder protege because I didn't announce it because I had forgotten to announce schemes and I wasn't going to go back and say I announced it. So, <laughs> uh, but still ended up winning the game. Uh, very good hard fought game. Uh, Pandora is a monster. Pandora eight, um, Killjoy the valedictorian that he had taken, uh, and then eventually Terra. Jeez. Yeah. That's awesome. I gotta try her. Just Because I made this pact with Rudy that I would. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was very good. I just took her with the box opens, which is her terror upgrade, yeah. and fears given form, which is about the best one point upgrade you can spend in... Oh, yeah. A uh, Neverborn army or crew. Alright. I like Fierce Given Form on models with Bill. Like, I want to, I really want to take a um, Hooded Rider with Fierce Given Form at some point in time. Oh, that's another, another good combo right there. Alright. <laughs> and then, uh, I guess I'll go on to my second game then. Yeah, go ahead. I played a game at Flatlands. This would have been a week ago Saturday against... Uh, Arcanists, it was Colin. Colin was playing. Uh, he's a guy who's played a lot in 1.5. Like, since the game started, he was telling me he's been playing. But he's just now getting into 2E. Yep. Uh, and showing up at the store, I think it's probably Welcome about back. maybe his 10th or so game of 2nd edition. I know I played him in, like, his 3rd game of 2nd edition, like, a couple months, like, a month ago. Uh, he was playing Arcanists. He... Was playing that I, and for some reason, backed out of playing Mizaki and went for Yan Lo. Our ski, our strategy was reckoning. Uh, we had distract, line in the sand, cursed object, assassinate, and power ritual. This was not a great game for Yan Lo. His crew consisted of well, my crew first off was Yan Lo with Tashiro, Izamu, Yin, and an Ashigaru. I guess we were playing a smaller stone game, because so it doesn't seem to add up. Is A.M. Amanozako? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was it. That's the other nine points. <laughs> I brought Ama in there. Because I kind of like her, and I, I like the model, and I bought her, and I painted her, and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with her and actually <laughs> playing games. I hear she's a brutal <laughs> uh, hardcore leader. I tried that and it didn't work so good. But oh, okay. <laughs> she should be, but the game I played didn't end well. Uh, but yeah, no, she's uh, a fun model. He was playing Arcanist Colette with Cassandra, Howard, two blessed, or blessed, not blessed. I think it was it's the six stone one that heals you. Oh no, silent ones. Yeah, that's my that's that is absolutely my list. That is my list right there. <laughs> Those ones are silly. 
Acolytes are or uh, uh, silent ones are silent. so amazing. Yeah, he's played. He's I think every game I've played him against him, he's brought them. There's no reason not to in any also, list. Also, he had uh, Willy and Effigy. Effigy. So, I, I think the effigy is an intrusion. Oh, unless he's just using it for um, re, uh, condition removal. That's exactly what he was using it for. <laughs> That's a good four stone condition removal. Yeah. Great effect versus Yin and Ama because both of them like to put conditions on people. That's true. And make them worse. So he was getting a lot of condition removal with that, and because I didn't really bring any ranged, I couldn't kill it. It was probably a mistake there. I mean, I gotta. I just think about Colin. He's very, very uh, contr- uh, focused player. Mm. He gets pretty intense, and uh, I had the soul porter too. I didn't put that in there, but I had him because he's awesome. But he gets Colin gets uh, is a very good player, very tight, uh, good at making sure he's getting all his points, and good at just removing my models from the table, which he did. I think I didn't get tabled, but we called it on turn four. I did get Howard almost dead, but uh, he just ran him away to get his power ritual points at that point after he had killed Azamu and uh, Yin and Yanlo and uh, Soul Porter. And then Azamu again. But <laughs> no, he didn't kill him all with Howard. He was getting some of his blasts with the silent ones, and just oh, I was good. not. Uh, I was not prepared, I don't think, for that list. Which is so good. I've, I've, I've talked to you about it before, but I just wasn't uh, really ready. Willie was... There's one of my, my fun plays. I managed to get Ama to obey Howard to hit Willie, and that <laughs> sort of took him out of the game for a while because he was down to, like, one wound or two wounds left. And uh, The effigy being able to remove conditions really helped him a bunch because mm. uh, I kept putting stuff on Howard to try and slow him down, and he would just remove it. And I couldn't quite get to it, just the positioning was kind of silly. He was dropping a bunch of scheme markers, too, which, in spoilers, I, my game three, I, I learned why he wanted all those scheme markers. Sincerely, w- Willie, the demolitionist. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a cool, that's a cool thing, too. I'm surprised he yeah. didn't even have one performer in there, especially against a, a well, I guess with 10th Thunder uh, he, was trying, he was trying something different, I think, was the main thing. Uh, yeah. Because he said he was used to so playing good. Performer Cruise. Yeah, it is. He, he said he was used to playing Performer Cruise a lot, but he ended up just uh, wanting to try something different because I think he had seen some people playing lists like this with no performers, other than, obviously, Clint and Cassandra. And, Dude, I mean, Cassandra. It's, it's yeah, this is the list, list especially, and especially in Reckoning, it's a very effective list with the healing from the, yeah. the not blast the silent ones, and then... Uh, yeah, so that went pretty poorly for me. I definitely learned... Uh, I mean, as a crew, I've, I've known about, so it wasn't like I didn't learn about it. I just wasn't ready, you know? You were not prepared. Oh, and it was the first time I think I've ever taken Power Ritual, so I, and I didn't think about it, and I decided, hey, I'll just deploy everything on flake deployment way outside of six of my corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was bad. And then I had, yeah... It, it well, in flank, it's like there. the best time to do that. Because exactly, yes. Yeah, so that's why I picked it. I was like, oh, this will be easy because I only need one other corner. And then <laughs> just forgot about it. And that was definitely my biggest mistake because I didn't mm-hmm. like Ashigaru walk back to the corner. 
and then drop a thing and then start walking forward. <laughs> nice. And it, yeah, and leaving stuff open for blasts. I kept stuff way too close together, versus those silent ones. I wasn't really prepared for them dropping blasts on every all my stuff. Oh, and and recast. that was a bad game. I learned a lot though. And filling the cracks and oh yeah, uh, they're good. Uh, anyway, what was about your second game, Rudy? Um, my second. <laughs> <laughs> my second game was a, a demo game against a, a player who who has been interested in his friends with our our henchmen, and so he came in and uh, I was I was wrangled in to do a, a second game that was a sort of another demo basically. Uh, he chose Karis. Um, we sort of gave him a bunch of options, and he sounded like he was interested in uh, Karis, and so I gave him a lowdown on you know the models that he got and um, the in. Just yeah, the, all the basics. He was he was playing and flipping really well by the by the end of the third round, which was really cool to see. Um, just again talking about how quickly you can actually teach someone this game with all of its complexity, and he was making like good strong choices by the end of the game, which we'll get to. Uh, it was Lady Justice versus Karis. Hmm? Oh God, sorry, I'm in the ah, that was spooky. I was in, I was in team speak with someone and I heard someone start talking and I thought it was one of you guys but then I realized it was a different friend. Anyway, Lady Justice, uh, Lady Justice versus Karis uh, in a turf war. The I chose I typically choose tier four as the um, strategy for a first time demo game just because it's it encourages people to get to the middle of the of the table. It encourages a lot of different types of dual types. So turf war is usually what I choose and then I'll flip this this strategy or the schemes rather. Uh, the speeds that we flipped were Entourage, so another Entourage game, Protect Territory, Plant Explosives, Distract, and Line in the Sand. And both of us chose Protect Territory and Plant Explosives. Um, he did not have the grab-and-drop Karis, so he didn't have the auto-win for the Plant Explosives uh, option, but it was, <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, I took Lady J with uh, the upgrade that gives her on me, can't remember what it's actually called. Last Stand? Something like that? Um, Vendetta and Badge of Office. I took the judge with his uh, imposing leadership one or whatever, the one that lets him hand out AP. Uh, and then I took Francisco with Wade In and Cover Me. I took a Hunter, I took a Brutal Effigy, and I took a pair of Death Marshals. This is a 50-stone game. Okay. Uh, Karis took the one that has reincarnation on it, so she can, if she kills with Immolate and has double books, she can summon a, um, a fire gimmick. Fire gimmick. Yeah. And she has the, the, the one that allows you to, friendly models within six heal from burning instead of taking damage from it. Uh, she took a fire starter with blessings of protection, a pair of gunsmith, a pair of box 40 and mages, a metal gammon, and a fire gammon. Uh, he didn't really know what to do with the metal game, and it was kind of funny because he was like charging with it. And it's like he's like, "What's this protection of metal thing?" I was like, "Oh, it's the other, the other action." On it. You know what? Never mind. It's you're doing good. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we both chose protect territory and plant explosives. I used Lady Justice and the Death Marshals uh, to keep the turf marker free. Essentially, she was just there to discourage people from coming in and cutting up anyone who did. Um, I did use the judge. Uh, Frank Omnislash move. He he didn't. He he mostly understood we were taking turns activating, but he didn't. I guess in turn one he didn't actually realize that that meant um, he would have to activate everything before he could activate Karis again. So he a little overextended Karis. 
Um, and so Karis is there. I use Judge to pull Frank up. Frank is within charging range of Karis. And so I make Frank charge Karis. I don't declare critical strike because I'm trying to be nice. I don't want to take his master out in the first couple turns or whatever. Um, so Frank goes over and hits her a couple times, whatever. Beginning of turn two, I win initiative, and I turn to him. I go, okay, dude, because we we'd had a conversation with other people who were around. It's like you know, taking it easy on people. It's like, well, if you, you if you really want to learn, you 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 can't hold anything back. You have to you have to sort of burn the hand, you know. Um, and so I turned to him. I was like, how how bad how bad do you want me to go? He's like, just just do what you got to do. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I'll activate Frank. Frank will... Uh, sorry, I'll activate the judge. The judge will uh, make Frank take an attack. I'll cheat in the mask so he'll can do it again. I'll use the judge to make Frank take an attack. I'll use the judge to make Frank an attack. I'll cheat in the mask so he can do it again. I'll make judge make Frank make an attack. Companion. Frank will discard a card in flurry. <laughs> uh, so I had seven attacks at seven melee with a minimum damage three, and I think through prevention and I think a black joker on damage, she was at one wound remaining. <laughs> and and then she took her turn and did some cool stuff. Like I think she I think she used flare, and then um, a bunch of immolates just to take Frank right off the table. Which was what he should have done. That was definitely the right move. Um, eventually, Lady Justice flew on top of a tower right now. Not Lady Justice. Karis flew on top of a tower <laughs> in the middle of everything, used Flare, the six-inch pulse of fire, and then used Accelerant and just torched so many models. <laughs> um, awesome. And then planted a scheme marker and got full points for... Uh, plant explosives. Then I used, uh, I think, one of my death marshals and my brutal effigy to place a few scheme markers for plant explosives. Also, uh, he ended up getting full points for plant explosives, and I ended up getting full points for plant explosives to protect territory. And he didn't get any points for um, uh, turn four. But had he kept his other models back, he could have gotten full points for protect territory because he, we both announced it. So it would have gone 6-10 by the end of the game. Uh, it was really good. Brutal Effigy, my, my opening gambit was Lady Justice, or the Brutal the brutal Effigy moves, uses Fear Not the Sword, and then Defensive Stance. Um, then Lady Justice charges the Brutal Effigy to yank both Death Marshals and the Judge forward, uh, and then move forward again. Then the Judge pulls Frank up with Stand for Justice. Then Frank pulls other people around with Cover Me. There are just so many awesome, friendly pushes in places that were amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Frank wasn't alive by the time I could have jumped him up on the tower to stab Karis, but that would have been a good one, too, on Fronte Me, where he places himself within six inches. He can go up a tower, which is so dope. Uh, I think my biggest one was, my biggest mistake was letting Karis stick around after I had her on the ropes. I should have I should have been a little more brutal and actually gone with the judge to kill her. Uh, at the top of turn three, or shot her down with a with a death marshal or something. But I did get to take out the fire starter before she got to do a whole bunch of craziness. It was a good game. He seemed to have a good time, which is the most important part. And I had a good time, so that's also important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Joe, you want to talk about your other game? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, other game. Uh, mistakes were definitely made in this one. <laughs> uh, I played Dreamer because I wanted to switch it up, and he played uh, Molly, who he hadn't played in a little bit, but he's played a lot of her in 2E. Um, we had... Let me pop it up here, the Joy of the Breach app, because uh, it, it, it saves everything. We nice. use it to randomize. We had close deployment with squatter's rights, uh, a line in the sand, breakthrough, uh, vendetta, protect territory, and spring the trap. I went with breakthrough and protect territory, and I asked both. Uh, he went with breakthrough and line in the sand, and he announced both. Um, very open game. Very, very open game. Very, very rapid, <laughs> rapid game. We were, we were in each other's faces first activation. <laughs> um, I took yeah, uh, Dreamer to with Otherworldly, Restless, and Tantrum. Uh, for those that don't know, this the shooty Dreamer setup. Um, Capelius with Retribution's Eye. That's the upgrade that lets him ignore armor with all of his damage. A doppelganger, uh, Mr. Graves, two Silurids, and a Sorrow. Um, this particular game, we went back and forth. Turn one, his first activation, he moved Molly up a little bit and dropped a student of Viscera in my face and proceeded to beat on Dreamer. Uh, Dreamer survived a couple soul stones. Uh, Dreamer proceeded to then bring out Lord Chompy Bits, who killed the student of Viscera through all manner of manipulation. And uh, we ended up in a huge back and forth. I, I was scoring on the strategy, and my opponent was not, so I was doing that very well. And my Silurids broke all the way through and were just dumping markers on in his back line. All the while, he was focusing down my Dreamer, which he was doing really well at. I'd kept summoning Chompy up, and he kept killing Chompy off, uh, despite him losing uh, losing Terrifying to, uh, to Chompy quite a bit. Um... Uh, but the overall game ended with a 9-6 to him because he was able to, on the very last activation, he's able to get a reactivation on his, um, what you call it, the uh, Rogue Necromancy. Because mm. I had I had a I had a saber tooth left, sitting behind a forest, between two markers for my protect territory, all the way on his half of the board. He was oh. able to. Get 10 inches so that he had line of sight. With reactivate, he was able to charge, and then over the course of the two attacks, he killed off my Silurid. And I scored uh, six points, full three for my breakthrough, because I still had a ton of markers back there, and uh, another three points on the strategy. And he scored three on the strategy, three uh, for his blind in the sand, and three for breakthrough. Nice. But very, very good game. Man, dude, Line in the Sand, I, I, don't, I don't rate it very highly, but a lot of people get a lot of points out of it. It is... Uh, Molly can do it incredibly well because Molly can summon Drowned, instantly kill them, yeah, because there's no friendly around, and drop a scheme marker right there. You can get them wherever she wants within six inches so long yeah. as she also has like an eight or something like that, right? Right. Yeah. She just has to have the card. Or That's a card in a stone. I think it's a ten. I forget them, but yeah. Okay. 
it's it's not it's not resource intensive enough to no. really overly worry well, about it. You can also go just summon them on the center line near their stuff, and if they don't kill them, you still win because right, <laughs> your drone's gonna do some work. So yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, it was a it was I a very good game. Models, yeah. um, I would never recommend close deployment with the squatters' rights. <laughs> it made for an interesting game. Yeah, and you. Against Molly, close to, close. Molly loves close deployment though too. So, oh, Molly, Molly do, and close yeah. deployment are, are buds. <laughs> Whenever um, I see it, I just and I'm playing her. I'm just I just smile. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> couple couple of huge mistakes I made was continuing to try and bring uh, Chompy out. Although it was what was keeping my dreamer alive, mm-hmm. it was also what was fueling all of his summons to be at near full health because I was getting out three or four, or he was getting out three. Um, Daydreams a turn, and then he was promptly killing them off mm. <laughs> because I was just taking test after test after test. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could you have done it with you had you you summoned him near a different nightmare and then just pawned off the damage onto that thing? Because I know that Dreamer has other ways of sort of. Oh, I was I was pawning a lot of damage off onto uh, onto Capellius, but the problem was then Capellius died. Oh yeah. And the daydreams only hold up so well, and as soon as you're summoning one thing near them, that willpower 15 test, they're failing that duel. Mm. And you're going to probably summon two things, because that's what Molly does, and then the daydreams are gone. And Dreamer has nothing to pawn it off onto. Gotcha. So what I should have been doing is I should have just been playing him as a machine gun and just kept shooting. Yeah. And just done it that way, and just racked up, racked up little bits of damage, moving up the waking trail that way, not summoning a, a single thing, and continue to work to spread the crew out. Uh, yeah. But I didn't do that because I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's really interesting because now, now that I've heard about Dreamer wanting to be played that way as well, like a Chompy Dreamer is shooting all the time, right? Yes. And if you're but playing Molly, right? Coming and shooting. Combo in in a right. single activation, with the with the upgrade spread, for three sevens, and a probably another moderate card because if you have three daydreams out and you're going to use the shooting action you're going to use is surround by nightmares, because that attack it's a shooting versus willpower and right. you probably summon three daydreams which are all reducing the enemy willpower by one. Right. And he's got a shot seven on that, provided you damage, and you get one damage for every nightmare within range. Uh, you know, then Dreamer's coming, or then Chompy's coming right out, and yeah. Dreamer's burying. Well, Molly is also very good at shooting. Yes. And Kadai is also very good at shooting. So it sounds like all these people who have these sort of odd kinds of summoning, not McMorning, not. Ramos, I guess Ramos has got a pretty decent shooting also, but they've all—they're yep. also all very good ranged attackers, ranged combatants. Yeah, but it was a very good game. Josh played it incredibly well, and uh, it was going to be a draw right up until he—he he found the opening with the, uh, nice. the rogue. Yeah, that's why you always got to think laterally. You always got to look at all the all the options. It's one of the things. It's one of the things I'm really bad at, and Miles is really good at. Speaking of Miles, 
My third game uh, since we podcasted last was against Miles, and I finished it about uh, an hour ago now. <laughs> so I didn't even need to take notes because it's fresh in my memory. I declared Arcanist. He declared Outcasts. Uh, I wanted to play Kyrus. I knew I did the whole time. We decided to do new strats, and we ended up with... Uh, Guard the stash. That's the one uh, with the two 50 mil markers, 10 inches apart on the center line. There. Uh, never played this one before. It turned out to be pretty fun. There's a nice variant and change it up from uh, turf war that I liked. Uh, my list was Kyrus. Uh, I brought the the one that has the pick up and drop. And gives out flying to your team. Grab and drop. What? Yeah, yeah. Grab and drop is the name of the upgrade. Um, and uh, the other one's called On Wings of Fire, I think. Yeah, drag, uh, drag and drop, right? Yeah. Yep, that's the one. And I brought Joss with imbued energies, uh, two gunsmiths, Cassandra with uh, her her only her personal upgrade. Smoke and mirrors. That's called smoke and mirrors, yeah. And what else did I have? One fire gaming. Oh, and our available scheme pool was line in the sand, cursed object, breakthrough, bodyguard, and one that neither of us took. I'm pretty sure. Oh, it was make them suffer. Oh, I love make them suffer. Yeah, I didn't take it. Is new for me. I ended up going with uh, Bodyguard on Cassandra. That's the reason I brought her. And uh, Breakthrough, uh, also on Cassandra. <laughs> but, nice. And that worked out pretty well. Uh, she ended up getting me six points on her own. She yeah. just sort of motored, motored up one flank. I love that. Yeah, that's an easy way to do it. Managed to sneak past Nyx. I got very lucky. on. Uh, he, managed, he summoned a Rat King and sort of was like, this Rat King's going to go engage uh, Cassandra and I said, well, I better do some damage to it and then use Swirl of Motion to push her away and stuff. So I charged in on my first flip I Red Joker, the damage, and then proceeded to... <laughs> on, like a, on a double negative, and then proceeded to kill him with the second attack, and then just he had nothing left that was any, anywhere in range to, like, stop her. <laughs> and then I... So I just... She just sort of, you know... That must have been when I called... <laughs> yeah, just about, yeah. <laughs> Video call in the middle of the game. Uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, really good for that. Kyrus, I had a lot of fun with. I thought she was really cool. I like the whole ridiculousness of all my guys have flying and burning and drop ski markers. <laughs> just silliness. Yeah. Uh, tell you, like, cool. The other cool thing you can do is bring a... The one, this is the one I think I learned from Mythic Fox... Who does the thing where he brings in the Malifaux child and then the Malifaux child casts yeah. um, the the burning to get two or three things burning so that Karis can still activate after things have gotten yeah. into fire and stuff. Yeah, my my Malifaux child is not based yet, so I can't. I didn't bring him. Also, I wanted to. I was my first game with Karis, so I decided I'd play with a bunch of models I've already played with. Yeah. Because I just like doing that when I'm doing a master for the first time. You're already familiar, and it just keeps it simple. You can focus on the stuff you know how to do. Uh, also, Miles loves Ashes and Dust. 
and uh, so does Joss. <laughs> so I, on turn two, I killed Ashes and Dust with a Gunsmith and Kyrus. He dropped the Ashen Core, discarded imbued energies, charged in, and killed the Ashen Core. So that was that was probably the biggest thing of the game because that my left flank was gonna get destroyed if I didn't get that guy out of there. But I was planning on it the whole. I mean, that was my plan was to get the core down and then have Joss handle it. I also, I this game, I, my deck loved me in this game, so it's kind of silly. I uh, he had a Void Wretch doing his breakthrough. I didn't go through his crew. He was doing Hamelin. Uh, he brought Obedient Wretch or Ashes and Dust, Void Wretch, Nyx, and some amount of stolen. I don't actually remember. Uh, it was pretty. My my crew did a lot of work. I got another lucky red Joker flip the turn four. His void wretch was just getting into my deployment zone, or it might have been turn three, and my gunsmith popped around a corner, and I you know disc I got the experimental trigger and red Jokered it and killed the void wretch. That's a chance, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, that was exactly what like I would have it would have been a lot closer game if that hadn't happened. I probably still would have been able to kill it, but I might not have been able to it would have been able to drop at least one or two markers for breakthrough and I would have had to either remove them or just concede the six, the three points. I ended up winning ten to we both got full points for the strategy. So he would have had he did three points for cursed object, ten to seven. Nice. And his others I can't remember what his other scheme was or strat uh his other scheme was he didn't reveal it. He did Cursed Object, which he got full points for. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was a really fun game. I'm looking forward to trying Kyrus with some other models that might be a little better with her. I need to actually like get on my assembling and painting and basing stuff. I have a big box of models staring at me. So You know who's good with anyone who's an Arcanist? Silent. <laughs> yeah, I should get those. I, I was hoping the plastics would come out because I don't really want to do the model metals, but they're really good. Yeah. Also, the really effigy. Good. The effigies yeah. are another set that I really want. I want to get... I'm waiting for the, the plastics to come out. They look so good. Yeah. But I did see... There was someone on, I think, Weird Place who did all seven uh, quote-unquote effigies out of different iconic models through the... Um, Puppet Wars line. Puppet Wars. So, like, they had the Misaki, which was the shadowy effigy, and they yeah. painted her in a yeah. yellow hue. All of the different paint things matched the translucent bases, and it looked so good. It was really, really nicely done. I might have to do that. I'd have some puppets, so mm-hmm. probably. Maybe do the, some proxies for those might be a good idea while I wait. Anyway, that was the third game. Uh, I think might well... I ended up getting a lot of blighted out, but it didn't end up doing a lot. Yeah, that's, like, that was, I think, sort of his problem with blighted when, when we were doing the demo or the beta was, what what do you do once you have blighted out? And the real answer is bleeding disease, but it does take a little while to go. It's like a, it, yeah. it sort of creeps up on you and then all of a sudden. But if you're if you're taking out models that are benefiting from blighted, then nothing comes from blighting. Yeah, that was the thing. By the time I had enough that he could have probably started killing a lot of stuff. The other thing is some of the stuff he had a lot of blighted also had cursed objects, so he was like, I don't want to... Ah, see, that was probably his mistake was... He was a little bit rough on that, but he, uh... Yeah, by the time he got it on some people he actually wanted to attack, it was... Kyrus said, okay, Nyx, 
Nyx was his main model left that could do stuff with it, and I was like, I'm just going to light you on fire. And Not really, because he can't be lit on fire, but <laughs> I'm going to deal enough damage to kill you yeah. before you can do anything. Well, and she can drop, She's even if she doesn't get to drop Burning Halo on her, he can, she can immolate and do yeah, exactly. damage. She's just not the positive twist, and it's a casting, so he doesn't get to divide it. Yeah, exactly. So it worked out pretty well once I focused on him with her. He was given, he was really neutered uh, Willie, just because, <sighs> you know, he kept doing husk, and it's like, oh, I can't do any blasts or anything, so I'm just going to punch you with dynamite or whatever his his demolition thing is. <laughs> Luckily, it has a melee range. <laughs> yeah, but it's a fun game. Uh, yeah, I haven't played Miles in a while, so it's good to play him. Good. All right. All right, so now we're to the I guess the the topic, the the reason we that we bring Joe in today, which is uh, talking about the Lady Justice conundrum. Oh boy, you're so excited! It's the Lady Justice paradox, paradox, or conundrum. Paradox. Oh, that's the word I was looking for, and I think I like that better. Go ahead and change it to the show notes. <laughs> Lady Justice paradox. <laughs> All right. This this was a question uh, slash thinking exercise that I, I gave to Joel and the crew at uh, the Malifools 2.0. Um, which was basically I asked um, prove or disprove the statement Lady J is the most straightforward but yet most complex master in I think I said specifically the guild. Yeah. yeah. Um, the reason that I posed this this paradox is because it is truly how I feel about Lady J. Um, I played her quite a bit last year. I played her a lot less because we had an influx of guild players into our meta, <laughs> and as such, we didn't need another one. So I, I've moved into into uh, purpler pastures currently. Purpler. <laughs> um, Lady Lady J. Um, is if you look on her just on the surface, she is a whole bucket of wounds and a big giant minimum damage for attack. Yep. With some healing and this sneaky little condition removal that she has. But the the crux of plating Lady J well is Lady J is a control master. I think that's I think that is the question that people want answered. Because playing her as a playing her as a control piece in that she has a, a five inch range that people just don't want to be is one thing. But I think you're right. I think she has the ability to like her passive things that give out buffs are are the, her strength. Her ability to hand out extra AP in 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 the form of movement is is one of her big sort of controlly strengths. Yep. That's, so that last stand is one of the most amazing upgrades. You're gonna pick last stand almost every time, and you're gonna do it because you're gonna see on the bottom of it you get uh, you get uh, what you call it, you know, the ability to move through severe terrain. Uh, unimpeded. You get unimpeded. And that, for the longest time, is why you're going to love Last Stand. You should really be loving Last Stand because of With Me. Yeah, no, that's the reason I took it in the second game was because of the With Me. 
and that is when a model when a, when this model declares a charge, all friendly guild model all friendly guild martial models in six inches may push up to six inches toward the target of the charge after the model has completed the charge move. All right, so Lady J gives a lot of free AP, and if you've ever listened to me talk about Nicodem, that's why I love Nicodem. He gives a lot of free AP, most specifically Morty. More timer. More timer is a free AP machine. More timer. <laughs> Morty. More yeah. But we're talking about Lady J. So yeah, with last hand has that six-inch push. Oh man, it's not even their walk or anything. That's just a lot of. Yeah, I mean, it means it means that you've got to play um, Guild Marshal crew members, but with Death Marshals being as good as they are, and the Lone Marshal being as good as they are, and the, and even the Exorcist being pretty okay, uh, oh. that's not difficult to do. The real well, and it's the other thing. It's, it's good even if you're not maximizing it. You know, even if you have a few, you can still get a big advantage. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, like I said earlier, the the other benefit from that is if you bring a, if you bring the judge, who's amazing, he's also got an ability called Stand for Justice. Yep. Which which brings other people along. So it's like I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the judge a free six inch push, and then he's gonna give somebody else a free five inch push, and that's not that's not guild marshal specific. That's anybody. So yeah. executioners are coming with you. Francisco's coming with you. There's all kinds of stuff that that, that can that, that can lead into. And then the, the other main reason that she is control is because she's got a 7-inch charge, a 2-inch reach, and she has a minimum damage for sword because you have critical strike built in. Right. So the reason I say control is Lady J has the ability to remove virtually any model from the game that she wants to. Maybe not master all the time reliably. Mm -hmm. Early game? Late game, absolutely. Late game, she can kill whatever she wants once stones have started to go away. In the early game, any of their big heavy hitter threats, she erases. Izamu's not standing up to her. Um, the Howard Langston isn't standing up to her. Oh, Most of your giant threats... They're not getting past melee seven, three AP, min damage four yeah, with a master that can use soul stones. Most of those well, guys really are on there. I mean, if you if you got say like I I surprised the guy who I was playing by deleting a um, I deleted a, a flesh construct in one activation, and yep. I think because of onslaught which I brought with me with the um, vendetta style, I was able to also place a scheme marker at the end of it all. Yeah. Well, so, the thing, and most of those big heavy hitter models, it's all about wounds and armor. Well, sometimes armor and then low defense. So, yep. Getting those melee sevens, you're gonna get. There's a, you know, you're gonna have some times where you're gonna get to those, not even just uh, negative flips. I mean. Yeah, and you can use, you know, more. You can use another stone. You can cheat another mask. You can potentially get her up to melee or minimum damage. Six? No, five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, minimum. Well, actually, yeah, one, you can do. You could get to min six because you gotta do the, the the stone, the card, and uh, we have one baked in, so you can get to six. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Which you Ugh. can totally do, and sometimes it's totally worth it. 
Um, Lady J's got a got a really good best friend in Francisco. Yeah, she does. Uh, because of El Mar or Amar. El Mayor. El Mayor, which is Big Brother, literally, in Spanish, um, gives her plus two defense, plus two willpower. So makes her defense seven, willpower seven. Willpower nine. I'm sorry, willpower nine. Um, to put this in perspective, Lilith has defense seven all the time. Lilith has ten wounds. Lady J has fourteen. Lilith also doesn't have repost. Right. Uh, and repost is just awesome. It it means that small things are probably not going to come up and try and hit you. It's really interesting <laughs> because Lady Justice, I, I remember uh, one of the most recent experiences I had with Lady Justice was when I was playing Ironsides. And Lady Justice versus Ironsides was really interesting because it's like every time I swung at her, she had the chance to repost me. And every time she swung at me, I had the chance to uh, nice shot your turn her back. So it was like both of us were dealing a lot of damage with high combat versus low defense. And uh, we were both, you know, sort of turning that damage around on each other. It was really, really, really weird. But kind of fun. It was a nice... <laughs> now where, where the complex comes in with her is I think it is very hard to, you, to see her tools that she has and ascertain exactly how you make that into winning games. Yeah, I, on a consistent I agree with basis. that. <laughs> because I've played against her many times, uh, and it seems like every time she like is getting killed and not actually controlling the game. And that's where the brutal effigy comes in for me, because if she can, <laughs> if she can almost guarantee killing something, and she can almost guarantee doing three or four attacks of of actual damage in any given turn, she could potentially heal. Um, Four damage just from attacks, or six damage just from attacks if she got Onslaught every turn. Plus she can use Juggernaut to heal one, two, four. If you cheat the Severe, that's four easy. Which is what I learned from you in that one game, uh, in the doubles. Because <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh no, yeah, I just had uh, two wounds left. All right, I'll, do, I'll discard a card for Juggernaut, and I'll cheat in the Severe. That's four damage. Next turn, cheat in the Severe, four damage. I'm yep. back up to full, and I've killed Seamus and McMorning in one turn. Uh, Two turns. I mean, uh, that's right. it took two turns. It was two. It was two turns. They each got a turn. They each got a turn of being killed. <laughs> they um, got to stand there. And then anything yeah. she does kill also lets her draw a card. So that's awesome. Brutal effigy is is probably my my auto include for any guildmaster except maybe Hoffman. For, it seems pretty all right. For me, the the main the main way that I get a lot of value out of her and where I see her is you have to kind of plan her a few turns in advance, which sounds really odd for a giant master that's a missile. But I don't I don't want to actively engage your master unless I know I'm going to kill it. Yeah. But I do want to actively engage your high threats to my crew, and anything I can't. Uh, that's where my death marshals come in, and they're going to go ahead and pine box whatever else is there. Yeah. Also brilliant. I that's my other thing is I don't I'm not very good at knowing when to pine box because the one time that it finally occurred to me that I should pine box in the game last night, the death marshal was a on fire and b at one wound. 
So it's like, <laughs> all right, he'll die at the end of the turn, and I'll have effectively gotten rid of one of your AP, or I can shoot you with him. All right, let's just try to shoot you with him. If you um, can, if you can pine box a master, it's golden. I have won many a yeah. game against McMorning because I have thrown him into a pine box and then you brought him out really when each day is ready to hurt him. You know what would be really funny is pine boxing somebody with a with a death marshal and then having Francisco give him plus two to his willpower. Yep. Also fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've fallen All right. for that. Willpower duels. You versus my seven willpower. What's up? And never will again. I had Seamus in it for a couple turns in a tournament, so that was not fun. <laughs> oh no, it was plenty. Never, never again. Now Seamus always shoots the Death Marshal. <laughs> I had the choice. I could shoot at somebody else or the Death Marshal, and I chose poorly. <laughs> always the kill the Death Marshals. Yeah. Well, it, so, I mean, with Seamus, though, it's not terribly difficult to kill them either, so... Uh, so my updates, because I played two games with Lady Justice, that puts me at five games with Lady Justice. Uh, now we're entering the math segment of the podcast. Math segment, yeah. <laughs> Let me just scroll down to the bottom there. I played another game with Jan Lowe, so I'm up to seven. Wow, I'm getting close. I played a game with Mizaki, which was number one, and Kiris, which was number one. So You took care of a couple of goose eggs. Very nice. Yeah, I only have... Two left that I have never played. And who are those? Pandora and uh, someone else. <laughs> Very specific. Eleven. And Somer. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> My biggest mistake. <laughs> really wanted that Johanna, didn't you? The best part is I That's sold it to Mark afterwards. <laughs> Because he had, he had that Vix crew that was just so beautiful, and I was like, you really need a female Johan to go in your Vix crew. You really do. And he was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, well, you should buy mine. And then I regretted it ever since. <laughs> the good news is Miles uh, got a surprise. He bought the Lynch crew, I think mainly yeah. for Illuminated. But he uh, didn't know it, but they sent him a box with Johanna in it. What? Nice. So I'm like, I'll trade you my painted Johan for your in a box Johanna that you don't want to paint because you have a million models to paint already anyway. Yeah, I have to propose guess. it to him still. Oh, I have okay. to propose it to him still. I just thought of it. But I really like the I really like the models. So. The Johanna model is so good. I wish I could buy her just by herself, but I don't want... Yeah, you don't want to buy... I don't want it to buy a crew that I know it's going to be on, and I don't have the money to start gambling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I figured uh, out that... Uh, the other one is that uh, my third guild would be Hoffman, so that I could have robots to play with Leviticus when I get him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good choice. P Peacekeepers plus Hunters in oh, man. Leviticus would be so good. Hunters are anyway. amazing. Period. Hunters are great. Yeah, I played one in my I played one in my uh, second game there, and he was fantastic. I am um, I'm a huge proponent of double hunter J. Does that do the hunters drag people into jail? Problem she needs, which oh, okay. is how do I get food to me? And how do I make sure they don't run away? Oh, I'm going to drag them, and I'm going to slow them. Yes. Thanks, hunters. And uh, oh man, it's the pretty it's, all right. Uh, I I remember having to explain what the, what was going on with the hunter to the to the new guy. I was he was like, and this is a hunter. Uh, it's basically like a mechanical 
panther with a harpoon on its back. He's like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is it's awesome. It's ravaged from Transformers. It's what it is. <laughs> the way to describe it. So I played two games with Lady Justice, uh, and that is all. So that puts me up to 18 out of 30 uh, games played in my guild, which puts me 12 to go, and I'm at 66% or exactly two-thirds of my overall goal. Um, that's like playing five games with every That's five games with every master I own, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to do all that math right now. Well. I have... I'll, bring, I'll, bring, I'll update it for the next show. I have zero games to play for the Neverborn. <laughs> I have eight games to play for the Arcanist. I've got seven to play for the Rezzers. I've got seven to play for the Outcasts. And I have 12 to play for the Guild. And that's one Jeez. one of... One of those is my is my last goose egg. So I've got Perdita, which I played one game, McCabe, which I played zero games, and Sony Crid, where I played two. So it's like all of the masters I haven't played almost any of. I've got to play all of them in guild. Um, right. I think my next plan is to either play a game with McCabe to get rid of my last goose egg, or pound out my last two with Terra to get rid of my uh, my double ups so I can't get the yeah. easy points anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna be playing on January third where Joe's hosting a tournament at Flatland, so I gotta think about that a little bit. Super jealous of your guys' Nova open register uh, uh, April twenty fifth, come on out. I, awesome. Do you know how hard it's going to be for me to get to Michigan on a normal like time frame? Yes. I'm going to try and get to I'm going to try and get to Califo uh, through carpooling, um, and maybe if I can get uh, if I can if I win Califo and I get free entrance into Nova <laughs> Open, <laughs> then Nova <laughs> Open moves up the list, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean that. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to be in that point in time. So. <laughs> It's, it's interesting. Uh, last last quick point, <laughs> uh, Joe. Yes. We were we were gonna take a two man team to um, to the doubles tournament this year, and we were thinking about doing um, Kaladi crossed with Lucius. Nice. And here's why. Kaladi. So Lucius has. Let me let me explain. So Lucius has the ability. It lets him do a friendly obey. Mm-hmm. And it specifically states he's not allowed to do it to Austrians. Yes. Uh, but Kaladi doesn't have that restriction. <laughs> Kaladi, also, just has obey. Kaladi yeah. also has the ability to hand out friendly effigies to minions, which Austrians are. So. Con- conditions? What? Yeah, he can hand. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, uh, conditions from effigies. Yeah. So you take an arcane effigy who gives Kaladi and therefore both Ostringers the ability to either give the opponent burning or discard a card, and then gives them a positive twist to their attack every time he my wills them. And he can give them focus by taking a one action focus. So he he can give them an extra attack each, an extra focused attack each, or he can strum for fast and give them both an extra um, two attacks at 12 inches without line of sight and firing into combat. All of which had the opportunity to make him discard a card, make him discard another card, or gain burning. Hooray. 
That was our filth. And then it's like, what, what, what can uh, Kaladi bring to Lucius that he can't usually have? And it's like, well, we give him the brutal effigy, and every time he uses his sword cane and kills somebody, or his um, hidden sniper and kills somebody, he can heal and gain cards. Yep. And then you play Illuminated too, because Illuminated are always good. Because why not? Yeah. <laughs> Especially with if you're playing, If you're playing Ten Thunders, <laughs> or you're playing Neverborn, uh, you should probably own some Illuminated and be using them. That's that is the reason why I think I'm gonna the the first time I'm able to buy a crew again I think I'm buying Dark Debts. <laughs> yep, is the best one to buy because I do have um I do have Kaladi I do have Lilith and they both like Illuminated. So plus that was the one that uh, Miles got his Johanna in so maybe you'll get lucky. It awesome. did have a sticker on the. He just bought it online and got it shipped to him. Yeah, so I think that they just started doing like when they did the the new boxes. They just started yeah, adding into some of the updated boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. So Miles has Jacob Lynch. I mean, he's got it in a box. He hasn't. Actually... <laughs> <laughs> It'll be months before he actually gets it assembled. So Joe, thanks for coming on, man. No problem. Yeah, thanks for great. having me. Uh, always a blast talking with you guys. Listen to Joe's podcast. I'm sure Do. if you listen to our podcast, you already are well aware of Joe's podcast. But if not, Joe, uh, listen to me on uh, Cheated Fates Radio, www.cheatedfatesradio.podbean.com. And we are Mistakes Were Made podcast. Mistakes Were Made at podbean.com. You can contact us via email at mwmpodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter. MWM podcast, uh, just at MWM podcast. Yeah, we both we both respond from that. Apparently, we we it sounded like we made a mistake last week in um, the well. It, it it was a misunder. I think it was a mishearing because it sounded like we <laughs> said that um, incorporeal reduces the amount of damage that they take when Molly summons them. But what I was actually saying was Molly. Summoning a spirit has to fill less wounds because spirits have less wounds. Yep. Which means, like, a Gaki coming in near two things starts at 50% health instead of starting at, you know, two of seven if you bring in a punk zombie. Um, and then they can heal himself through devour corpses and stuff, which is fine. All right, well, uh, thanks, Joe. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later, guys. And thanks for listening to our podcast. And then I think we just sort of, like, I always sort of have us fade out at the end, too, which is weird. I mean, I don't know, Alan, do you actually, Alan, do you actually listen to the podcast afterwards? I feel like I listen to the whole thing, but it's mostly while I'm editing. I usually listen a little bit, like, to, like, just the first bit, just to hear if it sounds good, and then I don't usually listen to the whole thing. Yeah. There's so many other good podcasts for me that I don't listen to. That's true. I mean, (laughs) Big Fools, um, before we begin, those are my, those are my big ones. Weird place. But you should... Make I us not be on air anymore. Oh, that's right. Okay. Because <laughs> we're already probably like capping it. Okay.
Speeds tripping off of my face The world creeped as I slipped to the awfulest place You could imagine Not the average things you see on acid My granddad bloody hovering on a speaker cabinet Laughing in a raspy tone Covered in maggots A snack on his mass of the bone I couldn't grasp it Did it double dismount